Fall is busy season in Las Vegas now that everyone can go outside again. So today on CityCast Las Vegas, Andrew Corrali, publisher of TheList.Vegas and frequent CityCast contributor, joins me to highlight some of the best things to do in town this month. It's Wednesday, November 1st. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Andrew Corrali, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, David. Great to be here. Always nice to see you with a smile on your face and a laugh in your heart. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's start here. Let's talk about, let's say, two. Top two can't-miss events that you are pumped about this November. Um, yeah, so actually two cool events uh, coming up. Uh, one is actually this residency that just started at the Oyo Las Vegas, which is formerly Hooters. Th- this place has actually been popping with a pretty uh, active uh, active roster of uh, events. They're doing a lot of comedy. They're doing a lot of shows. But they have a, a new residency show coming up. It's called Cumbia Queen, a Las Vegas tribute to Selena. And uh, I'm kind of actually oh. a, a sort of late and recent convert to the, to the magic of Selena, you know, the queen of Tejano music who who crossed over into um, you know American pop culture with her just really vibrant, highly danceable uh, you know Kumia and Tejano songs. Um, and I'm hearing great things about Kumia Queen. And this is actually playing through January, so lots of opportunities to uh, catch this show uh, plays through like Thursday through Sundays, um, yeah, through like mid January. So very exciting. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of programming over at Oyo. I've been seeing a lot of burlesque over there, and and, and comedy's kind of a staple. So mm-hmm. what's next? Uh, November 11th, I'm really excited about this Austin-based uh, blues band coming to town, Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. This, this guy is uh, just blazing hot, and he plays this... Just ferociously gutsy, rocking soul that uh, really gives throwback vibes to 60s vintage blues and R&B, but very just gritty. He's got songs like uh, Booty City, um, Handshake Drugs, Mm. and he just does this real (laughs) driving rock and roll style of uh, blues that uh, I think is going to be great. And it's actually at Area 15, which I find really interesting because Area 15 has... Kind they of a too rep have been doing as, a lot of different shows, though. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of have a reputation, you know, for better or worse, as, as being like the spot for EDM. But, you know, Area 15 has quickly turned into kind of like this Swiss army knife of of uh, culture in that they are actually doing a lot more. And I feel like they're they're doing shows that you might see at other venues that you might expect to see, like the Brooklyn Bowl or um, at the Sand Dollar downtown. So I think it's kind of cool that they're uh, mixing this up uh, with this rock and blues artist. So I'm really... Uh, really excited about this show and there's going to be just a lot of uh crazy dancing and you know sweat drenched uh, old school blues so very excited about that let's hit some more categories uh i got a few that i kind of jotted down because i'm i'm curious like mm-hmm. how you're going to spend your november in a lot of ways are, are there any annual traditions that come back in november that you're looking forward to in las vegas Oh yes, um, yeah. As a as a lifelong uh, Las Vegan, I'm looking forward to 
Las Vegas days, um, which uh, are are more Las uh, Vegas uh, days. <laughs> yeah, our more deeply rooted listeners may remember it as Hell Dorado days. And that's November tenth and eleventh, um, and the actual rodeo proper takes place next to the very uh, very tough sounding core arena next to the uh, plaza downtown. And um, they're going to have the rodeo there, of course, where you could see all the the rodeo things. But they usually have, you know, kind of like a Western bazaar there. They're going to have their Whiskerino contest for the beard inclined. And um, I'm not, you know, really into like, you know, country and Western culture, but I feel a certain sort of like you know, affinity or maybe even obligation to attend this every year in that it celebrate, you know, purports to celebrate the roots of, of Las Vegas. It's always, always fun. Um, funny story, years ago, actually, um, I participated in a contest at, in the rodeo arena in which they set loose a bunch of journalists into this arena filled with Wait. very <laughs> frightened looking steer. And we had to actually grab a bandana off of, you know, the steers that all have these bandanas. We had to grab one off of them and then haul butt to the other end of the arena. And the first one who made it, you know, you, you got a prize or something like that. Or you won the contest. And the last and- one who made it um, is now steer food? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, are, they, they, have, they have since been mulched into, uh, into human manure. <laughs> And um, no, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wonder, looking back now, if that wasn't some kind of sort of thinning operation. Yeah, um, they yeah, obviously so. <laughs> didn't want to be reported upon, and so yeah, they took exactly. all their least favorite journalists. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that yeah, that event was uh, terrifying, but fun, exhilarating, <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, Las Vegas days always fun. So that's November tenth and eleventh near the Plaza and Environ. So uh, very exciting. And I'll tell you that the plaza is all in on that rodeo angle. And a little a fun tip, if if you are of the sort that enjoys viewing uh, at large animals in, in that kind of atmosphere, there's the, the walkover that goes over to the Smith Center from Main Street. Oh, yeah. Okay. It gives you a perfect view to see like the entirety of where the animals are kind of held and kept uh, mm-hmm. during the pendency of the rodeo. It's kind of a, a cool secret spot to look down Ooh. in the back of the uh, of the plaza. Very cool. Like a, a, a top-down view of the of the Thunderdome. Yeah, in a lot of ways. <laughs> the, nice, the, nice. I really love the annual return of Ethel M. Chocolate's uh, Holiday Cactus Garden, mm-hmm. where they, they've got all those like great cactus and desert flowers and trees and things just completely adorned, festooned in a gabillion <laughs> lights. I think that's the actual number. It's yeah. so cool because they're all different colors and you kind of wander through there. And I always get there a little early. And I think that's starting on November 3rd, but I get there a little earlier in the evening so I could also do the tour. So I get my yeah. free chocolate at the end because I'm always good. Nice, and then uh, nice. I can nibble on my chocolate and then romantically stroll through the... Uh, through the holiday cactus. What Very a tradition. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how it actually sort of, you know, embraces a sense of place, right? It's always kind of Christmas trees, you know, they don't technically grow uh, natively in the valley. So I, I always thought it was kind of, you know, charming that um, there, there's a certain implicit embrace of native uh, bow botany. Indigenous. Bo- indigenous botany type situation. And uh, yeah, it really is magical, right? You string like sparkly, you know, glittering lights on anything and it's just like, wow.
All right, I'm going to move on to another category, Andrew, because mm-hmm. there's so much. I mean, November is jam-packed. Let's talk about super good uh, artsy and or uh, fartsy. <laughs> uh, like a good event for the wine-sipping, New Yorker-reading cultural maven out there. Well, let me adjust my monocle. Yes. And yes. I, I can tell you about what actually one of, one of my favorites that's actually coming up. And I have this weird obsession, and I try to see it every year, uh, is Carmina Burana. And um, that's coming up What's November that? 3rd. Oh, so this is an annual annual dance choral extravaganza by Nevada Ballet Theater at uh, the Smith Center. But I've Ooh. seen it in many iterations. Back in the day, they used to do it at UNLV, and they, and they might even be doing it there in, a, in another uh, separate concert. But um, November 3rd through the 5th at the Smith Center, Carmina Barana by Nevada Ballet Theater. This is their seasonal kickoff, so they just put tons of sort of, you know, aesthetic, artistic mojo into this event. And Carmina Barana is this work by uh, Karl Orff. And basically, he got his hands on a bunch of old, weird, medieval poetry that's about uh, fate and life and death and um, all those kind of cosmic philosophical things. And then he basically, you know, said, uh, hey, I'm going to put this to really intense choral orchestral music and it is a trip to uh to see this live and so for me the dancing is almost a bonus because the uh the actual sort of musical power and force of this is actually really intense and and i get a little emo when i see it and it's definitely um an experience and they're gonna have like apparently 50 singers blasting out the medieval uh, emo goodness at this event and uh, so yeah that should be a lot of fun and uh, smith center always a, a, a cool spot to go for uh for concerts yeah, Smith Center has that wide range, and they even do uh, author readings if you want to follow this New Yorker reading culture maven thread. David Sedaris, the newly controversial David Sedaris, is going to be uh, doing a presentation of whatever David Sedaris does now these days. I'm guessing it's not about being an elf. Uh, on November 21st over at the Smith Center. So that should be a fun one too. And he's he'll come out with some interesting hot takes and I'm, I'm sure that that would probably be discussed there too. So that might be fun. Yeah, what's he, what's he is he reading from recent work or? Uh, well, likely. I, every time I've seen David Sedaris, which is now like half a dozen times, it's almost yeah. always his latest work. Nice, that nice. Yeah, that'll be, be interesting. One. Yeah, that'll be yeah. interesting too uh, to see how that plays in you know, a pretty significantly large venue of essentially a spoken word um, performance. But if anyone could pull it off, I think it would be the Smith Center. Yeah. And David Sedaris, very talented guy mm-hmm. uh, for a long time now. Did you ever get over to UNLV every year in November for the big annual art walk? Yeah, actually, I go every year. And the word is that this year they're doing some some extra stuff that uh, I've got an early beat on that I'm excited about. Apparently, Black Mountain Institute and um, the UNLV Creative Writing Department have gotten together, and they're doing this thing as part of the you know the crazy festivities called Poetry Kitchen, where you kind of interact and 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 actually like cook up some poetry in the uh, Poetry Kitchen. But um, yeah, what what are you looking forward to in that in that event? I just love walking from studio gallery to studio gallery, you know, Mm -hmm. like seeing the studios in effect, see people's work in progress. They, you know, try to clean up a little bit or some of them intentionally keep it a little filthy, which I also like. Uh, So with the, with the students, with the MFAs and all that, and then the cute little galleries that are there too. Oh yeah. Donna Beam and Grant Hall. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, it's really underrated as a great source of visual art in our community. I mean, whether it's the barrack 
or the Donna Beam uh, or the various other galleries, even the alumni gallery. There are always really interesting shows, and especially when they feature the work of uh, the students who are there. Uh, it, it's a chance to see someone maybe before they get really famous uh, yeah. or just work that you fall in love with. I've, I've gotten lots of artwork uh, for my house at Art Walks. Nice. Uh, you know, you just, you walk in, you're like, I'm in love with that piece. And you, you haggle a little bit, not too much because artists deserve all the money. And uh, you take something fun home with you. Nice. Yeah. And I'm always looking forward to see what, what Marjorie Barrick uh, pulls out because a couple of years exactly. ago when I went, they had this um, kind of uh, interactive, very physical piece where it was this gigantic sort of parachute bubble. Um, that people could uh, interact with in, in various ways. So I, I like how they, uh, you know, take the art and, and make it uh, really interactive and for all ages, right? Um, yeah. I, I think that's really important too is introducing the kids to the arts. And I love their little cactus garden out front. People miss that mm -hmm. sometimes when they go to a, see a show over at the Barrack. Uh, they miss that there's that great little space to walk through and, and, and see their version. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So Andrew, um, let's do this last category. What What could you do... That's maybe a little more fringe, a little more party central. Let's say okay. you're ready to, uh, I don't know, whip out those combat boots that have been uh, mothballed over the summer months. <laughs> what you going to do well, to live or relive your youth, huh? Well, this actually tracks with sort of some early New Year's resolutions that, that I'm going to enact in November. And they're quite simple. Uh, one is to sing more and one is to dance more. Um, uh, so going with uh, dancing first, um, Sundown Soul Club uh, is a really cool event that pops off um, every second Friday at the Griffin downtown. Um, the Griffin has just been doing all kinds of really like weird, quirky, niche shows. Um, Sundown yeah. Soul Club is basically like a, a sort of collective of of soul and funk enthusiasts and they all collect records and they get together once a month and they bring out all their records and they just throw this raging um, funk soul dance party. Um, their next one's coming up November 10th and um, I haven't been to one yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, you know, I've seen the on the gram and, and, and uh, on the Internet. Um, it's a, it seems very like come as you are, no judgment. So you don't have to be young and glamorous like you are um, to uh, to show up and get your funk on. So I'm really looking forward to that. And that's in the back room of the Griffin? Yeah, the back room, which is this tiny little room with this tiny little bar, but it contains an explosive amount of of rock and roll energy whenever they uh, they put on the shows or put a DJ in there. So yeah, so uh, Griffin, uh, don't sleep on it for sure. I think it, the room looks so small, but once you're in there dancing, and I have been there dancing a mm -hmm. many a night, it just seems much bigger. And I'm guessing part of that is the heavy pours out in the main bar area yeah. kind of open up your perspective. Right, <laughs> so yeah. Definitely, exactly. well, if you're a drinker, not to say that everyone needs to drink to have a good time, but if you are of that ilk, heavy pours at the Griffin, and I call it a, a two ingredient or less place. Right, Not that right. they can't make a great cocktail, but if you're ordering something that has more than three things in it, you might as well just go somewhere else because you, you want to yeah. get your, your, your job done and then go in that back and, and do that party party. So where are you going to be singing? That's dancing, Andrew. Where's the singing yeah. coming in? So two places are on my radar. Um, one is uh, Mondays at Berlin. 
um, on uh, on Charleston in the Arts District. Um, they do punk rock karaoke, which um, you know some bars have have done this theme before, but um, Berlin does it like no one else. They have just these wild nights of caterwauling interpretations of punk classics, both old and new. I've always wanted to perform just like a screaming demon version of of, of Rollins' uh, "Do It," and so I, I think I'm going to finally make good on that personal resolution. Um, another spot is um, Starboard Tech. Tuesday nights, uh, Hot Carl Seals uh, does a very chill, come as you are, no judgment karaoke night called Carloki because um, his name's Carl. It, it, it gets hopping late into the night. Um, so that's another spot that's on my radar. And um, those are both just like cool, small, little indie, you know, venues with great, with great drinks, great menu. Definitely looking to uh, get my uh, shriek on at, uh, at these events. What can you do with the whole family, Andrew, from old to young around Thanksgiving if they come to visit? Yeah, there are uh, a, a number of uh, cool, cool family events that are, you know, sort of off the beaten path from what you might expect as, you know, as you know, I'm being the, the tourist uh, corridor. But starting November 10th, downtown Summerlin opens up its um, very popular rock rink which is its 8,000 square foot ice skating rink that's um, in the pavilion. And when that's paired with, you know, their uh, Enchant Christmas attraction, it is like a a sort of duo of holiday good times. And this is like an all ages event. You rent your skates for like 16 bucks. And um, I just love it whenever we like terraform environments and create, you know, sudden, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, jarringly um, sudden seasonal biodomes in Las Vegas. And uh, so this is this is one of those where it's like, you know, they just like fire a weather beam and it's like instant holiday magic. Um, and that actually runs through uh, January 15th at uh, downtown Summerlin. So great way for the family to, you know, skate around. So much to do in downtown Summerlin. So uh, the rock rink is uh, is on my radar for sure. Anywhere else for the fam? Can't go wrong. This one is actually a little bit, ends a little bit before Thanksgiving, but um, another wildly popular one for um, kids and families is the um, the butterfly habitat at the Springs oh, Preserve. Yeah. And awesome. um, they open up a couple times a year, you know, in certain pockets whenever the butterflies are, are feeling it. It's open now through November 20th. So your, your mileage may vary if you're scared of insects, you know, so, but whenever you feel those, you know, you could walk into the, to the little, you know, butterfly area and they're landing on you and stuff like that. And you're, you're guaranteed to either feel a sort of magical communion with the natural world, or you'll go catatonic with uh, terror, but um, uh, <laughs> right. super fun for kids and families. And I think it's so popular, they might even have a waiting list now. So I, I say, uh, you know. Oh yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know it's very educational soon. So Springs Preserve is uh, you know another one of those cool little cool little biodomes uh, in Vegas. Um, so yeah, butterflies uh, always cool. It's always changing seasonally too, just because seasons to the extent that we have them here. And November is a great time to go catch stuff out there at Springs Preserve. Yeah. If I had family in town, I mean. Bellagio is uh, at the conservatory is always oh, an easy one. Yeah, it's always going to put you in a in a spirit if you can get to it. Uh, in my opinion, Bellagio is the hardest of all the hotels to get to, and with that chaos that's going to be after uh, F one, who even knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, teleportation might be in order. Yeah, maybe, or if they're just airlifting people, that would be something yeah. to do. Well, Andrew, wrapping up, is there anywhere else not mentioned yet where someone's going to see you, Andrew Corrali, in public in November? 
Yeah, very excited. Uh, November 25th, you will see me at the New Horseshoe, formerly Bally's. <gasps> yes. I will be at uh, Dita Las Vegas, a jubilant review. And uh, yeah, so my girlfriend got me the, this sort of gift of experiences for, for my birthday back in July. And the Dita Von Teese uh, residency has uh, will actually has started and um, she's running through April. And so my tickets are for November 25th. And I'm so excited because this is kind of like the apotheosis of burlesque <laughs> culture, which has just been like simmering and boiling over here in Vegas with so many events and so many venues. Uh, burlesque of, of every different theme and flavor and variety. But Dita Von Teese is bringing this level of glammy, vampy production with a nice little throwback uh, love to Jubilee. I've seen a lot of the, the photos of this event and it just like looks beautifully produced with the costuming and the set design. So very excited uh, about that. Yeah. So I will definitely be hitting that. And and those are the costumes, those are the costumes from Jubilee? Yeah, I think in some cases they're actually using some of like original costumes and sets and then other ones are sort of more gestural. But um, I love the idea of taking the old and, and giving it that new, uh, you know, razzmatazz. So uh, excited about that. And how about you, David? Where can we find you in uh, in public this November? Well, you know, I don't want people to actually see me. I'm going to be hiding out. But... Uh, I do have one public event that's uh, scheduled November 4th. I lead a uh, storytelling workshop out of the Charleston Heights Art Center for the city of Las Vegas. And we've got six great local storytellers who have been working really hard on their stories. And on November 4th, uh, which is Saturday night at the Charleston Heights Art Center over there on Brush Street off of Charleston, we're going to do a show. So 7 nice. p.m. I'll cool, MC cool. it and present my protégés, my, my storytelling <laughs> students who are going to tell it. true stories uh, about something theme? important in their lives. Yeah, the theme is imposter syndrome. Oh, so that, nice, nice. We're, we're trying to broaden it out. So uh, yeah, should absolutely be a fun night for people who enjoy things like the moth and storytelling series like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been to several of them and they are they are super cool. And, uh, and actually, like, surprisingly polished. I've been to a lot of storytelling events in town, um, including the one used to put on way back in the day, the tell, which I think was mm. the the pinnacle of uh, of public storytelling events. Maybe again someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, sometimes it's a mixed bag. But I've been really pleased with the quality and the level of uh, storytelling uh, expertise at the uh, Story Slam. So uh, I, I, you will see me there too. So we will triangulate each other. Oh, fantastic! And <laughs> you know, it really is a beautiful venue. It's a city venue, yeah. and they have an art gallery there. So yep. if anyone's going to come to Charles Knights to see uh, the Story Slam show or any other show, always sneak into that uh, yeah. into that gallery. They have a group show right now that has a lot of uh, interesting artists, local artists. Uh, it's a great show. I really, really like it. All right, Andrew, time has flown. Not wow. enough time to cover everything in November, but I think we did pretty good. Andrew Corrali, thanks for sharing some really good November tips for all of our listeners here at CityCast Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks again. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Let us know in a review why you love November in Las Vegas. Oh, sounds like a song. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky.
Yes. Um, I was trying to come up with a good pun off of moo or bovine and nothing happened. <laughs> Brovine? No. Brovine. Yeah. No, not working. <laughs> All cut. <laughs>